Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 9 of the Brick Magnate podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, aka the Brick Magnate, and this is the show where I get to wax lyrical about Lego with my fellow brick building enthusiasts and review the latest sets that I've been obsessing over in recent weeks and months. And today I'm reviewing a fairly recent set. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Lego Gringotts set. Uh, which only released a couple of months ago and had people very excited because it's a huge set and also a pretty iconic one for Harry Potter fans. But before we get started, uh, just a little reminder if you are listening to the show for the very first time or if you checked out a few episodes and you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast app to ensure that you do not miss a single episode of the Brick Magnet podcast. You get to follow me on my adventures down the rabbit hole into lego obsession so today let's talk about the lego harry potter gringotts set um i was quite excited for this one i was intrigued by it it was uh, i'd seen rumors that a gringotts set was coming and i think a lot of people were taken aback by how lego had actually approached it and designed it so i was curious and i've got to say For me, uh, in my experiences anyway, Lego Harry Potter can be a little hit and miss. All the way back in episode one, the very first episode of this podcast, I reviewed the Lego Hogwarts Express, the big Hogwarts Express set that they released, which overall was a bit of a disappointment, especially for that sort of premium-priced signature set. But on the flip side, both the full-size Hogwarts set and Diagonally, those are really, really strong builds for me anyway. So I was hoping for more along those lines than some of the other Harry Potter sets that are out there. So did it deliver? Let's dive in. So this set is uh, 4,803 pieces. So it's a big one. It is a big one. It's about um, two-thirds, a little more than two-thirds the size or, or the brick count of things like the um, Millennium Falcon or the Razor Crest or those big UCS Star Wars sets. And for that, you pay $430 or 370 British pounds, which is actually under the, the measuring stick of 10 cents per piece that uh, most people will use to calculate whether a price is is good value or bad value based on the brick piece count. Uh, It comes with 13 minifigs, including the main trio, uh, along with Hagrid, as well as iconic characters like Bellatrix Lestrange and Griphook. And uh, it's an interesting set because, first of all, it's very tall. And that's because you not only get the bank building itself... But you also get the underground area with the railroad and the vaults, which obviously played a huge, huge part in the movie. So that's really unique and visually impressive. But it's a double-edged sword, which I'll come back to uh, as the review kind of comes on. But first, let's talk about the build experience. I think the best way to describe this build is uneven. I was going to say that it's a build of two halves since you are literally building two distinct separate areas above ground, below ground. But that makes it sound like maybe one half was good. So maybe the underground was good and the building was bad, but that's not the case. They both had 
fun build phases but they were also hampered by some really boring stretches too and it does like in the way that you're building sometimes when you're building a, a set that has multiple areas or multiple components you might do a bit on each but this does feel very divided into okay first we're building this whole separate standalone underground bit then we build the overground and then we just pop one on top of the other um but yeah they both had fun bits they both had really really boring stretches so you start the build with the underground vault area now obviously uh because the bank the building sits on top of this this is kind of like it, it, it's its own sort of area but it's primarily concerned with being a sturdy base so it's more that's kind of the priority and you can tell the priority for this bit make sure it's a solid sturdy base for the building um rather than make sure that it's really cool as a standalone section and it does work um it is a solid base the 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 set doesn't really wobble it doesn't feel flimsy but it also means that uh, there's a big stretch of pretty uninspired building uh, that is that goes into creating this kind of strong X shape that supports the weight of the bank above it. So, yeah, definitely, I think, uninspired for, for stretches of this when you're building out kind of the, the foundations of that area. There, there's some vault rooms built into that X stand and a few attempts to reproduce elements from the film, but you do feel like you're limited by the true purpose of this section in being an X-shaped base with a few bits and pieces tacked on. That's definitely what it feels more like. Um, the thief's water, the, the waterfall, the thief's downfall uh, from the movies where the card passes through and if you've got any enchantments or spells, then it washes off those spells, right? Um, that's a big, big part of the movie, right? It's kind of a, a, a main feature of this area. Uh, but that's a good example of what I mean by they've kind of just... I wouldn't say phoned in, but they've been limited by what they could do within this section by having to stay true to the the main purpose, the main priority of this section in creating a strong base. So it's just kind of tagged on. It's just like a flimsy strip of blue tiles really awkwardly um, sitting on one of the axes of the base. And it is quite flimsy. Like, it, it, it doesn't... There's something when you build it, it's one of the first things that you actually piece on to the base. And when I kind of did it, I was like, oh, that, really? That's how they're doing that? It feels something weird. Like it connects on with one little thin piece at the top. And anyway, um, but I think that's kind of representative of um, where I feel the shortcomings with the underground section of this uh, were. Um, the area is it's fairly joyless in terms of the build, save for a few funny strikes in the vaults themselves, which the vaults kind of just like slot in. Um, I'll mention those Easter eggs in a bit, but the big highlight of this section comes in adding the railroad tracks for the carts to spin down on. Like, that's, that's the bit that kind of salvages this section. So you have this spiral of railroad, um, and you have the carts that obviously will have um, the characters in and they spin round, they, they, they make their way down and you can have them stop off at, at the different vaults. That's cool. Um, but unfortunately, that part doesn't come until like right at the end of the build for this section. So it doesn't save that experience from feeling like a bit of a slog. 
I did find myself flicking ahead in the instructions to see when I would get started on the bank building, which looked like it would be the more fun part of the process. And for the most part, it was. You know, I quite like modular building sets and building my Lego city um, and building like Diagon Alley and stuff like that. Um, so I, I knew that this was the part of the build I was going to enjoy the most, and it was. I mostly enjoyed building the, the bank above ground. The way in which they tackled kind of the wonky structure um, at, at the front of the bank uh, was was satisfying. You know, when you see each level of the building come up and you've got those kind of those askew um, bits on the front facade, it's cool. It's just one of those little things where you're like, yeah, I like that. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite good, with the exception of Lego once again deciding to use stickers for the signage on the front, which obviously looks terrible compared to printed bricks because, um, you know, you've obviously got the name of the bank. It's all it's, it's kind of split in the middle and there's awkward spacing because they've done it with stickers. Uh, everyone hates stickers, right? Uh, the interior of the bank building itself was pretty plain. Um, it's mostly that ground. It's mostly about the ground floor. There's kind of like a a small third floor with not much happening but once you're done with the the fairly sparse detail in the uh on the the first the ground floor where they have the the different um they're not checkouts the kind of the the teller stations right it's where they walk up to um to the um is it dwarves or is it elves or is it goblins it's goblins it is goblins, yeah. So they walk up to the counter where the goblins are at and they're they're in disguise and all of that. You've got that, but it's just it's just a bit anemic. It's just a bit. Uh, I don't again. F I don't want to say phoned in because that suggests laziness. Um, yeah, maybe there just wasn't as much they could do with with that. But once you're done with that bit, the rest of it is fairly plain you're really just building up three stories of outer walls and then the roof which did get pretty repetitive uh you can tell they tried to mix it up a bit for this phase by having you do a bit of the building then a bit of the outside um and the little random side building they add on and then a little bit of a, a wall that they added at the edge of, of the the space for the base plate and then you're building a wall on the building again so they they had you dot around that area to mix it up a little bit but i don't think i really saved it during the more monotonous parts of the build uh, there was a dragon so you piece together a, a dragon the dragon that's down in the vaults and it helps them escape these are all spoilers for the harry potter movies by the way in case you've not seen them in the last you know 20 years um so that mixed things up slightly but not enough to really elevate the overall build experience so I'm going to give this a disappointing two and a half out of five, which I think is fitting for a build of two halves for it to get half marks. It's a shame because this is a big expensive set. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I think when you have something that's based on a fun IP like Harry Potter, Harry Potter, and they're going to Harry Potter. Um, yeah, when you've, when you've got an IP like Harry Potter, especially one that's got, you know, a set that's got two very contrasting areas you know the the polished kind of quirky overground building and then the 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 cave the natural the the rock and the stone and the the dark and dingy underground it shouldn't feel like you're just grinding it out and you shouldn't be flicking ahead in the instructions to try and find the interesting part so yeah yeah, a disappointing build experience, I'm sorry to say. Um, so let's talk about the end result. Well, it does 
look great. It's an impressive, satisfying size. It stands at just under 80 centimeters tall, so it's a strong signature piece on its own, even more so if you perch the dragon on top of the building. So that's going to bring it closer to the one meter mark. So it is a striking piece. The contrast between above and below ground really works visually. Despite some of the details in the underground section feeling a little tacked on, if you step back from the whole thing and look at it, like the, the contrast in the colour, the contrast in, you know, the, the neatness, um, even with the wonky walls up, up top, but kind of the, the neatness and the cleanness of what's above with the the jaggedness and the um, the kind of griminess. I'm not grimy, but it's... It, it's brown bricks, right? Brown and grey bricks. Like, there's a good visual contrast, and it looks... Um, it, it does look good. There's some fun little Easter eggs in there for Potter fans, too. Um, particularly the addition, I think my favourite one, the addition of a, a vault containing Helga Hufflepuff's cup, where they added in a cool little mechanism. Fairly simple one, but a cool addition that emulates um, the... the uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Gem, Geminio... Curse, the doubling spell. So if you kind of pop your finger in and touch the cup, um, it sort of pushes back a little mechanism and a whole bunch of um, duplicated cups spill out of the vault. Call me easily pleased, um, you know. And there's also something very satisfying about seeing the rail carts spiraling around the base. Again, I did say I'm easily pleased, right? But there is something, you know, pop your cart on the top and it spirals around and comes out the bottom. That's, yeah fun right satisfying um although on that it again though the cart thing it, it, it's still it's a bit clunky when you're unloading and reloading the cart on the track a little fiddly i've had bits break off when i'm trying to do it which you don't really want um so yeah so it's it's a set that that maybe looks a bit better from a few steps back than it does up close when you start getting into the details it's a bit disappointing um a little clunky and so where having the two sections of above and below ground really becomes a double-edged sword though is if you're planning on adding gringotts to your existing diagon alley set and that's what i'd intended on doing i've got diagon alley it's got honeydukes it's got the um joke shop it's um it's it's got olivanders um i think it's got burton bots it's got all all the shops it's missing gringotts and so you know my first thought when I get it um, is I'm going to, you know, add it to the display where I have Diagon Alley. I can't even remember. Gringotts is in Diagon Alley, right? It is. I don't know. My Harry Potter lore is getting away from me. But I think, you know, they, Lego marketed it on the basis of, you know, hey, you can take the bank off the base and you can display it with your Diagon Alley buildings right this completes your diagon alley set so that's what i'd intended on doing and i think it was smart of lego to make it so the bank building is on its own base plate it can be lifted off the underground section displayed separately and if you did that you would never know that that's not what it was originally designed for so they presumably did that knowing that a lot of people who would spend all this money who would be willing to spend $430 on this set are also probably the same audience who would have spent the $500 or $600, whatever it was, for um, the Diagon Alley set, right? So that set, I think, was released a couple of years ago. 
And so, yeah, maybe they're thinking, okay, that profile of a Lego buyer will be in a place now where they're going to spend hundreds of dollars. They're going to get Gringotts. They're already likely to have Diagon Alley or buy the two together. So, you know, if if you're one of those people, that's fantastic. But now you're left with the dilemma of what to do with the lower section because it it's no good on its own. It doesn't work on its own. It doesn't look good on its own. Um, if you just look at the base, the underground section standalone, you can tell it's missing something. If you just look at the building, the bank on its own, you wouldn't know that it's missing the underground, right? Um, but it wouldn't work to have the underground attached if you're putting the bank next to the diagonally buildings. So suddenly that base area, the underground area becomes redundant. And if you're displaying Gringotts next to Diagon Alley, that base area, half of the set, is going to end up shoved in a corner or in a cupboard somewhere. And that's not ideal for something that took up half of the build and accounts for a big part of the cost of the set. You know, you're paying 400 bucks for this, you've got to shove $200 worth in a cupboard, right? Now, obviously, this doesn't apply to everyone, but given the fact that LEGO did specifically market this set based on the fact you can take the bank off the base and display it alongside Diagon Alley. Like, they did that deliberately, and they're assuming there's more than a few people in their audience who will want to do that. So that's definitely a mark against this set for me. It might sound harsh, but any set where you have to face the choice of sticking half of it in a cupboard somewhere needs to have that factored into my scoring. So I'm going to give this a 3.5 for end result. If you don't have Diagon Alley, then maybe it's a four for you. The underground area definitely lets this set down um, in all areas other than the, 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 the railroad. And other people probably won't find that as, as um, satisfying as I do. Like, yeah, I'm easily pleased having the cards go around in a spiral and being able to have them stop at the different vaults. I like it. It's cool. That, that kind of salvages what is otherwise a pretty uninspired area. Um, so, yeah, the underground area lets it down. The use of stickers definitely lets it down. Um, that really annoys me that that the Gringotts sign is, is stickers. And the kind of the sparseness of the interior of the bank itself, uh, as someone who likes modular buildings, and I, I like the, the little details on each floor, but this doesn't have much of that going on. So, yeah. Three and a half end result, and that mostly just comes from how visually impressive the set is from a few steps back. Um, so finally, value for money. This was not a cheap set, but it does sit at the right side of the 10 cents per um, item per, per brick count line in terms of average costs. Um, it should be pointed out, however, that a bunch of those pieces that make up the brick count are single square tiles or dots, uh, as well as the little spiral cone thingies. That's not their official name. Uh, it's the ones you use for the stalagmites and stalactites in the underground area. I don't want. I don't know why. I just don't like them. I don't know if it's because they're like rubbery, and I like my. I like my plastic. Um, I just don't like them. And yeah, I'm overly critical when you've got a high brick count, but you've got a load of these tiny little pieces. It feels like that detracts from the value you're getting. You know, if you look at the brick count for the Lego Bowser, where almost every piece was thick, substantial, chunky piece, um, and then you have a set which is, you know, you've got hundreds of the thin one-square tiles, you can't, you can't 
compare those in terms of value. Anyway, that's just my weird neurosis over this. Um, there is a decent amount of minifigures with this set. Um, but again, you have the same thing that they've done with other Harry Potter sets, where they've included multiples of the same character at different ages to reflect the different visits that they made to Gringotts over the series. So you have young Harry uh, with Hagrid, which I think is, is to represent the first series, but then you have the older trio of Harry, Ron, Hermione um, to represent, I think is the sixth movie that they go there, or maybe the, the seventh. Sixth is Harpler Prince, so that's not when they go. So was there eight? I get confused. Seven books, eight movies, yeah. Um, so I think it's the seventh movie they go. Anyway, nobody cares. Um, but yeah, you end up with that duplication, which is a little bit annoying, especially if you bought other sets like I don't know how many Harrys I've got now. I've got too many Harrys, too many Hermione's. They're not unique and different and distinct enough um, to warrant that. So, again, this does sound like I'm nitpicking, right? But anyone who's built other Harry Potter sets probably has already more Harrys, Rons, and Hermione's than they can shake a stick at. They're really not going to want more. Um, but, you know, there are some additions in there. I don't think I've got a Bellatrix uh, minifig from any other sets might have it from Grimmel Place possibly uh, I don't think I've got it from Hogwarts uh, so you know having a, a Bellatrix having Griphook um, again I've definitely not got him from another set so they're, they're cool um, overall I can't give this too high a mark for value for money though given that the the pretty the build experience was pretty average bordering on disappointing uh, and again you just can't escape the problem of what happens if you want to display this alongside Diagon Alley, which is how they marketed the set. That's not that's not me wanting to do something that is contrary to the purpose of this set. They use that as a strong marketing angle. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky. Right now, I haven't actually, uh, I'm doing nothing with it. It's still, it's still on my, my desk, my hobby desk where I do my builds because... I'm, I'm annoyed at the fact that I'll need to I'll need to find somewhere to just shove the the underground bit or you get the real kind of like the real ninja lego builders where they, they'll do something to raise up the other buildings in Diagon Alley and they'll just have the below part kind of sit below the street level like that's kind of the only way you could display them together but that's that's getting a little crazy right um so yeah it's a tough one because you really can't fault them for making it possible to display the bank as a standalone thing, but I don't actually think it'd be right. Yeah, I don't think it'd be right to dock points in my review just based on the Diagon Alley problem. But even so, based on the build experience and some some letdowns in the end result, I've still got to give this a pretty mid-range 3.5 out of 5 for value for money. Um, brick count to, to dollar price... It's on the right side of things, especially for a licensed IP set. Um, if you're displaying it standalone, you're going to be happy with it. But the build, it wasn't a fun build. It just wasn't a fun build. Um, you know, you want a build that you enjoy that maybe has one or two boring bits, not a build that's boring that has one or two enjoyable bits, right? Um, and that definitely impacts 
value for money because you're paying for that experience too so while i wouldn't say that this set was a letdown overall i do think it suffered for its own ambition to create that two-tiered result the practicalities of this made for a mixed bag of the underground area and a relatively sparse upper building and of course you have the diagonally quandary in there as well um thing is though i don't actually think they could have done it any other way had they just released the upper building they would have been slated for missing out the best bit in terms of what you see in the movies and if they'd ignored the diagonally crowd and made it more of a complete set that couldn't be separated so you're not building two halves and piecing them together you're building one cohesive set i think they'd catch heat for that as well um maybe they should have done it a little how they've done the recent smaller hogwarts and and hogwarts grounds set right so i don't know if you've seen it but you've obviously got the big big hogwarts set that was like 600 700 dollars but they released a smaller scale one that actually is more more of a model of the 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 broader grounds of, of hogwarts and so the hogwarts itself is smaller you've got more of the surrounding area maybe they, they could have done something a little bit like that with uh gringotts where the building itself is smaller but actually you use more space for the underground area right i don't know who knows um so yeah i think it was the choice to do this <laughs> i think they they had to do gringotts at some point because people wanted it but it was a bit of a poison chalice not unlike helga hufflepuff's cup ironically um so overall, this wasn't the letdown that the Hogwarts Express set was. That that for me is the low bar for pre like the premium signature Harry Potter pieces. But it's definitely not hitting the heights of other sets like Hogwarts itself, or of course like Diagon Alley. So this is probably divisive. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, you can connect with me on uh, Instagram and on TikTok. I am at Brick Magnate. Brick M A G N A T E on both of those platforms if you want to let me know what you thought of the set whether you agree or disagree or feel particularly strongly um, about anything i've talked about here then let me know of course if you follow me on those platforms you'll find videos and other behind the scenes looks at the different sets that i talk about on the show as well as some that i don't and uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button or head to brickmagnate.com for past episodes and future episodes of the show next week i'm going to be talking about the lego set i swore i would never buy but then i caved and bought it and didn't regret it Find out what that set was and get the full review of it on next week's episode. For now, thank you so much for joining me for another edition of the Brick Magnet Podcast, and I'll see you all next week.